0: So, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm like, oh shit, I ain't got none of my people in here. I gotta fight the whole fucking Wu-Tang Clan. How do you get your, god damn. like the actual ones, not five rappers, the, oh. Uh, welcome to the one-year anniversary of the David Ashley podcast. Um, I am your host. Um, who am I going to be today? Who should I honor today? Look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. That's the biggie version of this. I said I'm going to celebrate Mary J. Blige today. Um, So check this out. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. I am Andre Harrell. I am your host, Andre Harrell. That was sloppy. So today we're just gonna talk a little shit. We're gonna tell some stories. But we're gonna talk a little shit with a Mary J. Blige background, okay? You roll, you, y'all gonna rock with me for for one last one last outing. Um, so just a wee bit of politics first. Um, you know what? Nah, y'all deserve a politic-free episode. Um, yeah, no politics, no no police. I'm gonna get right into the storytelling. I got three stories today. Um, uh, let's see, which one I'm gonna go with first. So anyway, just the intro, and then I'm a, I'm gonna give you the stories coming next. Hold on. The fantasies are not around. Sees me, passed me by. Huh? Up next, story time. Huh? You know that you remind me. You, you remind me of a love that I was new. Uh, yo, this takes me back to, this takes me back to, uh, what '93, seventh grade. Oh, I was in love with Miriam Ortega. You couldn't tell me nothing about no other young lady on earth. It was all about Miriam Ortega for me. Um, yo, way you dare say? Yeah, I used to go, I used to buy like Trident. And just keep it, like, I didn't chew it throughout the day. I kept it for, specifically for Seventh Hour. Uh, well, you know, when we got out of school, because I thought, I was like, yo, this is the day I'm a kisser. kiss <laughs> her. And even when we start, like, before we started, like, tongue kissing and while we would still have this, like, little smooch or whatever, I was like, I just wanted to be ready with the Trident. I had the Trident on deck, boy. <laughs> Shout out to Miriam Ortega. Um, so one time, all right, so how about this? Uh, let's say, let's go back, let's see, 2014 or 15. I'm at, I'm at, um, uh, my homeboy invited me out, he was like, yo, the Roots are playing. This is Grammy week, right? So the Roots always have this Grammy jam. Um, they don't call it that, it's just the Roots, it's like Roots and Friends, like, you know, and if you've never been to a Roots concert, uh, you're missing out. Um, I've seen them after having, like, been a partially, partial fan, you know, it was like, you know, finally I went because my ex, girl I was dating at the time, she loved the Roots. So i surprised her with some tickets to see the Roots out here in L.A., And man, I mean, Warren G, Meth and Red came out. And it was just, it's just a great show. It's something to sit up there and hear Black Thought just come off the top of the head. Um, And then just to see them, the band, mimic any song you want, you know? And, uh, And they've, what you don't realize is that the Roots have been touring since like 93, right? And like legit. But... So they're a legit band, but you know, the hip-hop, the first hip, well, I ain't gonna say they're the first hip-hop band, but are they? Anyway, whatever, they're the longest running, goddammit, and um, it's amazing, it's a a sight to see, so I think you should check them out if you get a chance. Um, So this particular year, (laughs) I am, I am... My homeboy invited me out to this place called uh, Hotel um, Hotel Cafe, and you know, like uh, Dave Chappelle, John, Lay- uh, John Mayer, like they they rocked out there. And it's just like dingy little, like it's a dingy little joint, and you you enter through the back. I mean, some you can enter through the front, some, but for the most part, people enter through the back. Um, you would think the the celebs enter through the back, but they enter through the front. And yo, I'm sitting, I'm in this part, and I'm like, back, cool. I get out. It's, you know, a few blocks away from the crib, so I walk, you know. I get there, meet my homeboy. You know, what I'm saying, we have a couple of drinks, we chilling. It's 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 packed in there, but it's room to move. And plus, I don't need to be up on the stage anywhere. I could be in the back, but the place is so small, like there's no bad seat. So, I'm up there, man, and who did I see? I ran into um, Zoe Kravitz. She had a hoodie on. She was kind of low-key, and she was like, she's a tiny thing. Oh, my God. High Fidelity. Go check out High Fidelity on Hulu. Zoe Kravitz, 10 episodes, uh, 8 or 10 episodes. Really good show. It was a remake of a... Matthew Broderick movie but uh it's a good show and uh starring Zoe Kravitz so I'm in there I see Zoe Kravitz I see a whole bunch of people then we see the Roots walk in then I see Queen Latifah walk in and I'm like oh shit like I mean I'm not bugging out like visibly but in my head I'm like yo that's fucking Queen Latifah you know I to this point I had never seen her up close and personal you know and She kind of had to walk right by. I'm like, "What up? You know, like, what up, Queen? Whatever. Show a little love." Then they go, "Brandy walk in." And Listen, man. Listen, Brandy was my first. I told you, yada yada yada. Brandy was my first concert, and I've had a crush on Brandy since 1994. I ain't gonna lie to you. And um, you know, it was. She walked in and she kind of stood next to me, and I'm, you know, I knew I saw her walking up, but then I kind of gave her like a double take, just to let her know that I saw. I was like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" I was like, "You know, what I'm saying you was my first concert in like '95," and I told her, and she was like, "Oh, that's sweet," and she kissed me on the cheek, nigga, <laughs> nigga. I thought I was 15 again. I ain't gonna lie to you. And I had a girlfriend at the time, too, you know. I was like, so? Nigga, Brandy just kissed me on my cheek, nigga. So we in there, right? <clears throat> and it's other people that you you know, you're like, oh, I know that dude, but I don't know who it is. Oh, I definitely know this person. It was just one of those nights in L.A. And I have been here for a while, so I'm not tripping. So I'm in here trying to enjoy the show because the Roots is on. And uh, I think uh, one of the Jonas Brothers had just got done... So now Meek Mill is up there. And this is before he went back to jail again. So Meek Mill's up there. He's doing some, you know, hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought it was finished. And it's it's thick in there. And imagine the Roots are on a stage about the size of, like, literally, like, you know, the free throw lane, the 10 feet, and then, you know, what, the 7 feet wide? It's a little smaller than that, but the Roots are rocking out on there. You know, plus people performing. Latifah, I think the Latifah got, like it was a whole bunch of people got up there anyway. Some dude in his like white blazer had walked by and he, and he like bumped me and he was trying to get the attention of some other dude on the other side of me. So he crosses me and he keeps bumping me and the dude is like six, three and I'm looking and I'm not one of those like back up off me niggas, but it's like, if you keep bumping me, it's like fam. But it was like I think the thing that messed it up, not messed it up. The thing that kind of smoothed it out is everybody was having a good time, and I could tell he wasn't just on some belligerent drunk shit. He was really like we was getting it in, like we was dancing and you know, just bouncing in one seat. People got drinks, trying to have a cool drink, the cool dance. And he bumped me again, and this time he bumped my, my drink. Some of my drink fell on my shoes, and I'm thinking. I'm like, man, and, and he ain't like turn around and say, high enough. He ain't say like my bad. And I turn around, I'm like, I'm like, bro. I'm like, fam, like, you know, I get it. I've tried to move out the way a couple of times, you know what I'm saying? You just keep, you kept bumping. So he turned around. And he was like, uh, oh, oh my bad, oh my bad. Like talk real fast. Why is it goddamn the RZA? So now there were like rumors that it was two rumors that night. It was rumors that Prince was going to drop in and do a set. And there was rumors that like, it was rumors that Method Man was going to come up. And, and, and which wasn't strange to me because I had seen Method Man and the red man with the roots the first time I saw them. So now, a couple seconds later, I I accidentally bumped him. And I, I don't know if he thought it was like revenge, but he turned around and then he immediately like looked to the back. He was like, yo, yo, come here. Like calling people. So now I'm just like, oh shit. Nigga, is he calling meth? And I don't want to look around. <laughs> I don't want to look around like I'm posturing because I am not this guy. I'm not the don't bump me in the club dude. But I'm like, yo, is he about to, I'm about to fight. Jizzle, you got, or oh, oh Dirty was dead, Method, Raekwon, nigga Ghostface, I ain't trying to fight Ghostface. So for a couple seconds, I was just like, I had got it in my head that, okay, I, all right. Just let me, I don't want to make this look a certain way, but you also don't want to be, you know, I ain't about to be like, oh no, it ain't like that. So, you know, I kind of danced a little bit. I kind of like took a couple steps back. I'm like, I'm gonna let him get his, his groove, but also so I can canvas the scene. Like, I don't want this thing that wasn't anything to turn into something. Um, So, you know, I get by the bar, which was probably about 10 feet behind us. And it was the only thing it was was somebody that he hadn't seen in a long time that he was calling somebody else over to be like, look who I found. And the moral to the story is sometimes you just got to be ready to fight Wu-Tang, goddamn it. But for three seconds, I was shook daddy, though. I was like, man, this ain't how this. I like, you don't want to be that nigga in an intimate setting to get into it with somebody. And let alone fucking RZA. You know, but it was no energy. Everything was, it was was amazing energy that night. It was not even one time that it looked like anybody was about to, like, it was just, it was just a great night, man. And it's, and it's wild, like after a great night like that, to see all these people perform. Cause it legit, it was about three hours, you know. And then you, at the end of the night, you just walk home. It's like, yeah, ain't no Ubers, ain't no none of that. You know, and I got home and uh, my girl was at my apartment, she was, she was heated. She didn't want to hear shit about the night. But uh, anyway, yeah. who ain't don't want it with me, nigga. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Man, I love it. I remember I was on the phone with this girl in uh, junior year and this is the first time I ever like sang, now again, I can't sing. But this girl could sing like she, you know, and I was like a junior. And I just made like uh, I said this first line, I was like every night and day, obviously it's wrong kick. And then we sang the whole song on the phone. And I was like, I don't know why, why, listen, why do I remember that? I don't know. I remember shit that I don't, I don't even understand why I remember it. I don't understand. But uh I just this was the song. I remember we sang the song on the phone. Like in its entirety, not just like a couple lines back and forth. And she sang Mary's joint. Like we sang kind of the first and then she sang the second verse and then we kind of Will You Love Me? It was crazy. Um <clears throat> So what else, what else can we say? What other are, what are what, what stories can we get to? You to me, oh man, okay. So, all right, this one is, uh, this is gonna be a little lengthy. Just cause you just need to understand who I'm is, who I was, you know. I, I wasn't really a high fashion dude. Like, I wasn't really, you know, on that, like, yo, I got to get them new whatevers, you know? I remember, like, of course, in elementary school, once you knew what they were, probably around fourth grade, you didn't want no buddies, right? Because I was going to be playing basketball, so you ain't want no XJ900s and no pro wings and no shit like that, which I had, all of the above. But, um, so I think that was, like, I saw Jordans for the first time. I ain't even want Jordans because it was like, it was just out of my, uh, you know, I barely got Nike. So I was like, ain't no way they going to buy me no Jordans. And, uh, which was true. I I didn't get my first pair of Jordans till I think, uh, the year I graduated high school. And then, you know, my mom helped me get a hat, you know bought half of them. Uh, She shot me half. But uh, I remember the first pair of Jordans I saw, Jason Webb had them in 89. We was in the fourth grade and he had the 89, that would probably be the the, what, the five, the fours? I think they were the fours, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they were the one with like the mesh on the side or whatever. They kind of looked like the Deion Sanders that came out around 94. It was sort of like those. Um, and I because I remember he let me have this. It was like this big orange Nike tag, plastic orange Nike tag that, used to, that came on it on the side. And he let me have it. And I kept that mother for a long time. Because to me, that represented. Yeah, I was like, yo, I ain't got no Jordans. I got this goddamn Nike tag. And uh, but other than that, I haven't been a really like, you know. I didn't even really start thinking about the clothes that I was wearing until maybe like, shit. I remember sixth grade. I got this cold sweater for Christmas. Uh, I think I'll post that. Let's take it. I think I'll post this one. Uh, I think I'll post it in the pictures. I got this sweater, and it was like this colorful sweater and these Dwayne Wayne glasses and this London fog coat nigga I thought I was cold And I lost the Dwayne Wayne glasses at like Great America that year. <laughs> and uh but really like going into the 6th grade, I remember this was the first time I ever really wanted some a specific outfit. It was a short set and check it out. You can see the you can see them in high fives I can't wait another minute video I think dude had one with like a harem bone he had like this pinstripe white socks and I think they all had different ones if I'm not mistaken he had on his pinstripe white socks uh, like button-up shirt and I remember being in Michigan City and this place called MC Merchandise which was basically like it was basically like competition in Hammond if you you know if you are it or, or just like the, the local, like, you know, whatever, where you get jogging suits, where you get, you know, your, your plain color hats, fitted caps or whatever. And, uh, yo, they had one of the MC merchandise. And to this day, I've probably been in MC merchandise twice. I don't even think it's there no more. But it was summer 91. Nigga, I wanted that outfit bad. But, you know, it was like, I remember it was $40. I had already priced it. But nigga, nobody was gonna give me no, you know, no, they weren't gonna give me no short set. And plus, like, I think that was like the summer my grandfather had passed. So he had cancer. People was worried about that. You know, they wouldn't worry about they hustled to the mall to get me a short set, goddamn. And um, so, you know, and then maybe like in seventh grade when I I started getting money for Christmas. And I get a 100 bucks or something like 120 bucks. I go to like Man Alive and I buy some jeans and I, I like a colorful button up shirt. It's 93. This is what they doing. And then you tuck the in it. I, I was probably too young to be wearing it like this. But you tuck the shirt, you button up the shirt, and you tuck it into your jeans and shit. This is just That was the play. That was the thing, you know. It was many fads, right? Like I remember later on, it was these like turtleneck sweaters. It was like a sweater with a turtleneck, but it'd want to be like Morehouse. So then the turtleneck part would be—it was built into the sweater. The turtleneck would be like maroon, or like it was like a, or it would be like Miami. It was, or or, or maybe not. It was Miami. It was like Famu then, huh? But it was just some wild shit, man. Just some different fads. So I I was on fads a little bit, but, you know, only as much as I could, because, you know what I'm saying? And plus, I ain't really live in an area like that. Like, Hammond didn't really have, like, I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't normal. It was like an offshoot of Chicago and, 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 like, Gary. So we were, like, stepchildren of a main, like, of a main metropolitan city like Chicago, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I always find that interesting, and um, and we can we So it just means we all had our own like own little culture, you know what I mean? And uh, some bar from Chicago, like if you go to Hammond now, niggas is talking like they from Chicago, like the slang is 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 there. The slang there and the way they pronounce words, it's, it's just wild, man. It's just wild to hear people from, from Hammond talk. And uh, not everybody, but you know, a good portion of people like they, you know. I guess it's so, Chicago is so accessible now, it's like people spend a lot of time there, you know, listen to a lot of music. But growing up, it wasn't as much, you know what I'm saying? You can hear like, you know, you heard somebody say Joe every once in a while, but, you know, now nice whole time this, whole time that. Back in the day, it was just, it was just goddamn bulls and house music that we borrowed. Like, and not even, like, the main house music, but, like, the footwork house music. Because you got to make the distinction, you know. So, anyway. So, the journey was was different, man, for me. Then, like, I got into sweaters and shit. Just, you know, my sweater game at the end, toward the end of high school was just... You ain't want to see me and Cuzo with the sweater game. Because <laughs> then, like, we was starting to wear, like, the same clothes. And so then we were, he was a couple years younger than me. So we would wear each other's, like, sweaters and shit, jerseys. he wear my sweaters. i I wear his jerseys and shit. It was wild. And vice versa. And, uh, and then, nigga, once I start working at the mall, Revokes, forget about it. You ain't want to see my Maurice Malone, my Sean John, I think I still got my same, my first Sean John shirt. I still, I think I got it. You ain't want to see my Sean John, my Fat Farm, my Nietzsche, my Maurice Malone. Oof, you ain't want to see my sweater game. My Sean John sweater game? Man, shut up talking to me. Shut up talking to me, man. I was in Sean John head back in the day. So, So for about, you know, four years there, I was into it. And then, like, you get, like, when I went off to TSU, it was all white tees and Air Force One's for me for some reason. I think it was just simple. And uh, and I kind of lost my fashion sense because uh, I didn't lose it right away. But eventually I lost it and I just didn't get it back. And I don't I don't I don't know. I got it back at times. Like if I was dressing up, I could put some shit together. But uh, it's just been a weird journey, man. Um, so, you know. It brings me to like, 08. I've been in LA for a little bit. I don't quite got the fashion sense back, but I'm kind of looking for it. And then 2008 hit and just one tragedy after another, just really kind of ravaged my head during the time, really to the point where the rest of 08 was just a blur. You know what I mean? Like my, you know, at the beginning of the year, my, you know, my mom had cancer. And, uh, you know, the day they had surgery on that, my uncle died of cancer. A month later, my father died. And then, like, and then three months later, my big brother died. So it was like, man, what the fuck is going on? So, you know, the rest of that year, I, you know, I was just, it was just a blur. But um, I remember I got a job. Um, I got a job as the house PA for the show Unsolved Mysteries. And it was in this it was in this building in, in Burbank, Toluca Lake, and it was kind of like, you know, right outside Warner Brothers lots and, you know. So anyway, I'm the house PA, so I'm charged with running tapes back and forth and picking them up to different editing ba- houses, production houses you know, because they were trying to reboot the show, you know, they hired Dennis Farina, uh, rest in peace, ended up being a cool dude, ended up, he said he had, he used to be a cop, he ended up, he had some property out in New Buffalo, and I told him I was from Michigan City, so, you know what I'm saying, we would talk, you know, about that a couple times, and even at the, on the rap day, when he talked about, like, all the people, and he mentioned me, I was like, oh man, he ain't had to do that, he was like, yeah, my man from Michigan City, uh, you know, I had house in New Buffalo and shit. I'm like, oh, a cool ass dude. So, um, anyway, that's what was happening. So the production was toward the middle. But at the beginning, they were just editing this footage. And I had my own office. And listen, man, I was, so I got, they was giving me $600 a week plus 50 cents a mile. Might not mean nothing to you, but for me, in 2008, it was the best job just about I ever had, because I ain't had to do shit. I knew what I had to do, I had to do that. I had to do some, and when I say light maintenance around the place, it just meant I had to go, I had to, this is all I had to do. I had to run around town to two or three places tops, to go pick up and drop off footage, I had to order paper from FedEx, and I had to go make sure the snacks and shit stayed the same in the office, you know. And they like a certain amount of Coke, certain amount of diet Coke, yada yada yada. I would run and get them coffee sometime in the morning, and they had me. They gave me a little grocery budget, you know, and uh, and listen, six hundred dollars a week plus 50 cents a mile. And listen, listen, you might not think it was, it may not mean nothing to you, but my rent was 536 at the time. So nigga, you mean tell me I got $1,800 to cool off with at the end of what do you mean? You couldn't tell me nothing. You know, and it was a nice little departure from, you know, what had just went on and worried about being at home. So I'm just working and I'm not auditioning as much, but you know, and then eventually, you know, as things do, uh, you know, I probably took the job for granted a little bit, but also, you know, I had a, I had a white supervisor. So there were the executive producers who you don't even kind of see really. You see them every, you see them every once in a while, but, um, you see them every once in a while, but you don't like see them on no like, you know, no regular basis. And actually, if you looked at my if you look at my LinkedIn, the only person, the only two people to give me um, the first two people to give me like recommendations on on LinkedIn was the 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 founder of the company. And one of the producers, producer name was like Josh Alper or something like that. But John Cosgrove, Cosgrove Mills. So anyway, yada yada, just you know, useless information. So I don't know, man. I'm looking at all this money, you know, this this extra money, this disposable income I got, and I listen. I spent a lot of time at the Grove. If you ain't never been to LA, it's just like it's just, it's just like happy place. It's kind of touristy, but But still, it's like it's got a fountain. outside. It's like an outside mall and shit. Imagine lighthouse, but just way more, you know. Imagine lighthouse mall in Michigan City if you've been, but you know, I think they got like something like this in an Orland Park too. But it's like a, you know, it's got a fountain, it's got a farmer's market. It's got a movie theater, it's got a Macy's, it's got a Nike Town, you know, it's got a Gap, it's got some fancy restaurants, and then it's got a, you know, it's got a, like a little trolley that goes through the middle of it, just like a L.A. play. And I was there three, four times a, 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 a month, a week really, between there and the Beverly Center. But eventually, I would go to the Beverly Center, I would always see a celebrity there. So the other thing that I start doing when I would get there, I would always stop in the Louis Vuitton store because I was going through this GQ magazine and I saw these loafers. I still got it. Like from 2000, I still got it somewhere. I found it the other day. And, And it was something about These Louis Vuitton loafers, these brown Louis Vuitton loafers that just spoke to me every single time I went in there. But something about it didn't like I just didn't I wasn't going anywhere because I was like a hermit. I just again, I was in a place I was staying in the house a lot. I didn't you know, I wasn't mean people really. So I didn't I couldn't justify a 600 and, and uh, they were $600. I couldn't justify a $600 pair of shoes. I just couldn't. But every time I would go, I would stop in there and I would look at them. You know, and, and, and it is and it's weird. I wouldn't stay in there long cuz the the pretentiousness is thick in the Louis Vuitton stores, in those really high-end places in Beverly Hills, period. In those kind of stores, but in Louis Vuitton store even within a mall those, those, the pretentiousness is thick. So I stay in there. You don't want to ask nobody no questions. They're already looking at you weird. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, ah, bet I go in there. So one day I got the nerve to try them on. And I remember I tried them on. I remember I saw, um, what's my man that play for the, um, not Terry Mills. Was it Terry? Tracy Mills. Oh, I mean, he could play for Cleveland. Light skinned dude. He was a shooter about six, seven. Play for Cleveland back in like '97 or something like that. Was it Terry Mills? No, Terry Mills. That ain't Terry Mills. Anyway, I just remember seeing him in there, and I was like, "Yo, this nigga's in the NBA. Let me get my ass out of here. Ain't nothing. I ain't, ain't nothing happen, Cap. You can't buy nothing in there." So listen, it's the start of the year, and I'm like, you know what? I build up the courage. I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm about, I'm about to go in here. I'm about to get some damn Louis Vuitton. I, 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 I got, nigga, I'm getting $600 a week. Shut up talking to me. Plus 50 cents a mile. Nigga, I cut that corner one day and all I could hear in my head was gator boots with the pimp out Gucci suits. Ain't got no job, but I stay fly. Hey, I walked in that motherfucker in slow motion. And I had to get cocky before I walked in there because the pretentiousness, it'll, it'll do something to your self-esteem. So I was like, fuck it. Walked in there, boom, bang to the right, then to the left. And I point to the shoes. I'm like, yo, those, brown, Louis Vuitton slippers, LB on the tongue, size 13, Me me at the register. Why you ain't here yet? I'm already here. Holla at me. They bring the shits over there. I don't even look them in their eyes. She ring it up. It's like, what is it, like six, 630, 640? So I don't know. I'm like, boo, I got my stomach hurt because I ain't never made no clothing purchase like this. So I'm like, F it. Pull out my little Wells Fargo card, slam it on the table like I got the goddamn guaranteed joker. Guaranteed joker, you heard what I said? Boom, she rings it up. Nigga. She's, Boo, boop, boop. The number you have reached, yo, declined like a more I was like, oh shit, oh shit. But it wasn't that I had the money, but I had some kind of, I had some kind of limit on my shit, like purchase limit. But she don't care, and I didn't notice at the beginning. I was like, I was like, nah, you go run that again. She ran it again, so I was like. You know what, I'll be back. I know what the problem is. I'm like, boom, because I can go get cash. It's, it's no thing. So now I'm trying to justify my worth to this white snooty lady across from me. So I'm like, bet, fuck it. I come back out. Uh, I find a, uh, I find an ATM. I'm going to pay some fees, whatever, boom. Get my little cash out. Ten minutes later, Gator boots with the pimp-down Gucci suit. So now I'm walking over, and I'm just like, fuck it, here we go. <laughs> here we go, here I am. I walk back in there, slow motion. This time I don't walk to the right to get the shoes. I walk to the counter. I'm like, yo, I was just there. Remember me? She was like, she acted like she ain't never seen me before. I'm like, oh, you didn't believe in me, huh? <laughs> go get them. <laughs> she go, I'm like, she go get what, sir? Nigga, size 13, Louis Vuitton. Brown Louis Vuitton slippers, the brown joints. She gets them, pulls them back, brings it up. It's 630, 640, whatever it is. Boom, I'm so this time I got this cash for your ass. I count it out, nigga. You got a cash limit. You can only pull out $400 at a time and you don't carry around cash. Why didn't you think of it? Yo, I was so nervous to go get cash and get these shoes so I can get it off my conscience so I wouldn't change my mind, and then at the same time prove myself to this white snooty lady across from me that I didn't realize I ain't have enough. So now she's looking at me like, you filthy, you filthy, you filthy N-word. Like, what are you doing? You're wasting my time. There's people in here bawling. <laughs> I was watching Sherman Showcase last night and they did this song, said, everybody's Baller. It's funny as hell. Like It's hit and miss, but it depends on your humor. If you like that kind of humor, you can sit there and watch 50 episodes of it. Like, right straight to it. They only got eight. Season two is coming back uh, on the 19th, I think. On the 16th or the 19th. No, the 19th. By the way, this is, right here. This is where you do the merry dance, right? Uh, uh bop, leg over leg, leg triple up, bop, uh, Mary, merry Bob, bop, bop. This is when you used to bob your head back instead of, instead of forward, it was back was the exaggerated bop, bop. I know you can see what I'm saying right now. Anyway, so now I'm like, I'm like, yo, usually once I leave the Beverly Center, I'm gone, but I got the point to prove. So I hit up the Wells Fargo, I think it was on, uh, it was on Wilshire. Which is probably about a half mile, about a half mile, quarter mile, uh, three quarters of a mile away from Beverly Center on uh, virtually on the corner of Wilshire and La Cienega. And I'm calling out names like all y'all listen. Know what it is. So I'm like, boom, I go in there, I explain the situation. I'm like, yo, I need to, you know, withdraw $200. You know what I'm saying? I know I got it because I get $600 a week plus 50 cents a mile at the job. And she was like, what? Now I'm trying to prove my worth to everybody. I'm like, "Never mind, man, just let me get this, give you my account up so I can get this cash. Exact change. I mean, not exact change, you know what I'm saying? So this time I get $300 out cause I don't want no problems. You know what I mean? Like I was like Latifah from Set It Off. I got back in my car I waited until I found a song that was worthy because by this time my, my, my what's-name, it broke. I didn't have a CD, play, a CD player. I had like a Walkman, a Discman in the car, and I connected it to uh, with the little tape player with the cord, and that's how I played it, but these dudes at this this damn uh, car wash at Crenshaw in the ten broke my shit, man. I had to wait for years before I could listen to another CD. I was listening to the radio from 08 to 2000, for seven years, I listened to the radio in my car, do you understand me? Because I wouldn't get a damn iPod. Anyway. I got the money, I waited until I, the reason I said Latifa, because it set it off, Latifa wouldn't, she would, they would steal a car to go rob a bank uh, but they, she'd never, she'd throw, she would never leave until she found a song to play, and that's how I am in the car now. Like I need to, I need to have ride music. So I waited till I found a song. You know what I'm saying? To ride to. I don't even remember what song it was. Crazy enough, right? <clears throat> and I cut that left, cut the corner, make that left from Wilshire, back down La Cienega. Turned right up in the parking lot again, parked on the third floor, always parking the third floor at the Beverly Center. Uh, did the same thing. Hit that side escalator, you know what I'm saying? And this time, the song started back. I'm like, you can't tell me nothing. Cause in my head, I know I'm about to go get a $600 pair of Louis Vuitton slippers, finally. Not slippers, but loafers. Get back up to the store, nigga. Gator boots with the pimp dog, Gucci. I walk back in there, slow motion. Cause by this time I didn't already got an outfit for it. I had bought a Lacoste shirt the, uh, the year before I moved to LA for when I came for the BET Awards. I had this Lacoste shirt and I bought these Dockers. Some shits that was gonna let my ankles show so I could show you I ain't got on no socks with these goddamn Louis Vuitton loafers. That was $600 that I bought. Cause I'm making six hundred dollars a week at the job, fifty cents a mile. So it don't matter. Like I'm, I'm, I'm up here, so I'm like bet. Walked back in and she was like, "Let me guess." I was like, "Don't play with me, lady. Go give me these shoes." I guess that offended her because she walked over there all red. She told somebody else to deal with me. I'm like, I don't care who it is. Deal with me. Somebody got to deal with me here today. Now, nah, I'm not this belligerent, but I'm, you know, I'm trying my best to be confident. Boom. This time, you know, she was like, how you going to He was like, well, how are you going to pay for it this time? I'm like, oh, this nigga got jokes. I right, jab your ass in here. Again, I didn't say that, but I'm like, ha, whatever. Bring this shit up. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then I made sure I got one of the hundreds and twenties, because you want to make sure you, you want to make it look like you count a lot of shit out. <laughs> so I was like, boom, threw that at him. Got my little change back, and I walked out the house. I mean, I walked out, out the store. <laughs> hey, I took a victory lap around the <laughs> Nil N- Puzzle got that from me. I took a victory lap around the whole mall. So you can see this goddamn Louis Vuitton bag I got. Gator boots. <laughs> so now I, you know, I don't I don't keep. I would like so I couldn't justify. Having those shoes. I could barely justify it enough to buy them, even though it's your money you give, you know. I'm just I'm just letting you into the to the psyche of David Ashley at the time. So I damn sure not gonna take them in the apartment and let nobody see, because I had three roommates at the time. And it's not like I was behind on bills because I was not, but it was like, and I ain't really fuck with my roommates, but we was cool when we was cool. But I damn sure didn't want to have to just try to justify them to to nobody that was living in the house. So I kept the shoes. I always kept a lot of shit in my trunk. So I tucked the shoes. So I I knew nobody was going to take them. I tucked the shoes like back into the to the left, like, you know, and just covered them up. So I ain't take him in the house, but I got the confidence knowing I got some goddamn penny Lo- I mean, some Gucci, some Louis Vuitton things cause I'll make enough money. So January 16th, Friday, January 16th, 2009. I've been at the job exactly a year, uh, exactly six months. And I'm at work and Stewart, one of the executive producers, calls me uh, in my office over the phone. He was like, yo, Dave, you know, come up. We need you to do something. Bad. He said, we need you to take every last piece of footage that we have from the history of Unsolved Mysteries and take it to the, uh, and take it to the, uh, to the damn uh, landfill, to the recycling center downtown Burbank. And I'm like, damn, yeah, every? I ain't complaining, but I'm like, you sure? Every He was like, yeah, everything. We digitized everything. We got it where we needed to be. We got it, you know, so we good. Cause I guess they had put everything on DVD by that time. It's, old, it's, old, it's the beginning of 09. So now it took me a grip to do this. Like every single, like every single tape. Like, this is how deep in the crates I was. I found Hillary Swank's social security number. <laughs> now, this don't mean nothing to y'all. If y'all don't know who she is or ain't a fan of her. But I think they had done a movie with her, like She Righty Kid or some shit like that, or some other movie. You know. And her, it was just laying around. And this going to be like a fun story to tell when I get on a, um, a show so now I'm just fine oh in in a fun fact I remember when um, I remember when uh, Stranger Things came out and I remember saying like damn Stranger Things reminds me of Erie, Indiana and I don't know if you I don't know if you watch Stranger Things, you know it's based in Indiana. And the company that did Unsolved Mysteries also did the show Erie Indiana. Useless fact. So I do all of that, I take all of that shit to the landfill. I'm gone for, you know, I'm gone for like an hour, cause it's I had to pack, I had to take it out, pack this 15-passenger van, drive the van all the way down to the landfill, and then Take it all out myself and then unload it like he didn't give me no help so this the trick though when i get back to the joint i get back to the office and he's like and it's like a, a message for me and he's like david where you been and i was like i was like i've been uh i said i've been in the uh I I did the thing you told me to do this morning. I was like, I don't understand. He was like, oh, I wish you wouldn't have done that. He said, because... I said, why? He said, well, they didn't pick up the show, so we're going to have to lay you off. Motherfucker! I just bought a $600 pair of Louis Vuitton's he was like, what? I was like, "Never nothing." But, you know, I had this white, like, you know, this white supervisor who was the executive assistant, who was just assistant and she, you know, from Texas, white girl. So she liked to, you know, bully around a black dude, just on some, you know, just off GP. And then once I stopped, like, you know, so it was getting weird is my point. It was getting weird anyway. And I was just like, you know, what, I'm ready to start auditioning anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. I'm like, so, you know, when does this start? He was like, oh, today will be your last day. So I'm like, oh, motherfucker, you knew you was going to do this before you made me clean out that goddamn garage. And then when I get back talking about I wish you wouldn't have done that, where you been? Motherfucker, I'm doing what you told me to do. So whatever, man. They gave me like a little severance or whatever, you know, for a few weeks. Which technically, the motherfuckers made me sign a year-long contract saying that I would stay for at least a year. And then they got rid of me after six months. I low-key think they owe me that other six months. So, and, and this, see, this is the reason I know what day it was. Because it's the night that the notorious movie came out. With Biggie. And Lil Kim and Atari Notting. Pretty titties, excuse me. And I remember going that night like bum, because I know another friend of mine had just lost her job or something like that. and she was in entertainment too. And uh, you know, we watched the movie, I'm you know, and whether it was good or bad didn't matter to me, it was just I was just hyped to be seeing a movie about some shit that happened in my lifetime, like you know what I mean? with something that was close to me, which is like bad boy, like you know and uh, and I got this so I got this bad hat. Do anybody else do this? Wait, like I don't roll up all my windows sometimes i come back to the car and like the back right window would be halfway down. I'd be like, dog, I don't keep nothing in the car that bad, but still, it's just a principle. And God damn it, when I got back to my car, my motherfucking trunk was open. Dang it. My motherfucking trunk was open. I had left my window down. Motherfucker popped the trunk. I, I was mad as a motherfucker. <clears throat> so, how how settle this dispute with me for me? There was a situation where you know <clears throat> excuse me uh, my a uh, relationship that I was in was in the shit like it was it was over you know respected left um and you know, there have just been some things that have been said where I was just like, yeah. And plus I was getting to a place where it's like, well, why, you know, th- 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 a few months before, just to prove a point, I was gonna, I was gonna get a little, you know, get a little, I was gonna, I was gonna go get a little strange on the side, you know. Just so just so I could prove to her. Just so I could be like, cause 'cause this was my thing. I was like, yo, we in LA. Now granted, I'm not, you know, you don't see me. I don't have the disposition and the temperament to be out here with, you know, two, three women. But the shit ain't hard. (laughs) Do you understand me? It ain't hard. Like I'm I'm, I'm me in the land of goddamn milk and honey. Like, you know, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make it sound like, you know, uh, you know, I got my insecurities. I got my moments. But at the end of the day, God damn it. <laughs> I go out there and make some laugh, God damn it, and show attention. She come home like I just I know that's I know that that's a choice. I, could, I know that I could do that. But at the time, it's like, especially if I'm doing it to be petty, it's like if you enact my petty. My Petty Powers, nigga, please. Nigga, Petty Murphy is here. You know? But, you know, I thought against it, right? I just thought against it. Um, Sometimes I still wish I would have done it. (laughs) But nonetheless, I did. Just trying to be a good dude. But it reached a point where, you know, you hung on longer than you should have, and you know it's over. And you're just waiting for the right time to drop the ball. You know, maybe I, something's coming up. You know, um, keep it. Keep in mind, I I turned down, and and listen, me and me and the girlfriends, now, right? But I'm just, you know, I turned down a free trip to 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 London, all expenses paid. All expenses paid. Hey, uh, side note: Did you ever see the uh, the video where a young lady is singing this at at some dude's funeral? <laughs> and and I'm like, the dudes who's who are filming it, they dying. It's about two or three of them dying in the back of the church, and they just waiting for her to say, and Sunday we made love." And when that man, when I tell you, they fell out during that part. And that's the part where the deacon or somebody came and grabbed a mic for her from her. She was like, see, and Sunday we made love. And what are we going to do? I never thought that I went right into the second verse. It was like, oh, no, you ain't about to sing Mary J. Blythe's seven day theory in this church at nobody's funeral. So anyway. I turned down the trip. I'm just trying to paint the picture about how done I was. You know, it was done. And uh, so before I made the the declaration, before I made it public, before I broke up with the girl, you know, I ended up going on a trip. And I was on this trip and I saw a girl I used to talk to. And, oh, the connection was... Ugh, ugh. It was sickening how strong the connection was. <laughs> it was. It was sickening how strong the connection was. Like for real. And you know, uh, you know, a group of us had gone out to eat, and then we kind of coupled off before and after and kind of, you know, it was just talking. We hadn't seen each other in a, in a bit. And we hadn't talked in a while. So here we are in person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were a few pauses where, I, you know, you know, there's the there's the, the awkward pause and then there's the eye contact or there's the eye contact and the awkward pause and then comes the kiss. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't kiss me. Because I chose to be honest enough to tell her I still had a, technically, still had the title of a boyfriend. And the way I was looking at it, I was just like, wow, that's over. (laughs) And listen, I I understand that dudes use this as an example, as as an excuse. Because her rebut to me was like, no, well, what if y'all go back and work it out and this and that? And I was just like, you don't understand. Oh, I wanted that bad. You understand me? And you know, she didn't. She basically was like, "Nah, you're not gonna use me for whatever." See, because this was my thing. I was like, "So, wait, 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 wait." So I'm gonna ask if I break up with her over the phone. Obviously, which I wouldn't do no shit like that, but I'm just just for the purpose of the conversation. Right. And I'm telling you, I'm being honest, I was honest enough to tell you that, yes, I'm still technically involved and that. But it's over. It's it's really over. Everything's been done except for the words like, you know. So I'm like, either you don't believe me or you just got to hang up about not wanting to be the other girl. And just like a nigga to get mad at somebody for wanting to be righteous. <laughs> but I was like, so I'm like, there's no way of getting around it. You don't either. You don't believe me. You believe that I'm full of shit. I, what would you do, ladies? Like, um, like how? What, like, what would you do? Meaning, like, because I'm about moments. I'm like, you are gonna ruin this beautiful? You gonna ruin this beautiful ass moment? This beautiful weekend? Cause technically, if if you were my wife, doing what you doing with me right now? And nothing physical, but I'm saying if you were my wife, sharing sharing these moments and had these long drawn out conversations, I would be I would be angrier than if I found out y'all had sex. Just, like if I found out you just had sex, only. Versus if I found out that you were, like telling the motherfucker secrets and, and just kind of, man, you're crazy. I picked the physicality every time. Because that's physical. Like, physical and, like, if for a woman to do that, no, you can you can get mad at me all you want to. You can, you know, I don't know if you fight in the air, if you think I'm whatever, whoever. For a woman to do that, to get one off, most times, mm, mm-mm. I remember a girl left this whole song in my voicemail. I was like, ain't you sweet? Ooh, can I tell that story? Oh, Ooh, have I told that story? <laughs> you know what? David, I'm telling that story next. F it. I think I told that story. If I did, then y'all just fast forward. It's fine. But I'm like you, go, yeah, yeah. So I I'd much rather you, you know. Oh, oh, that's what I was saying. If a woman, if a woman, for a woman to get to the point where she gonna give, where she's gonna cheat on you, most of the time her head and her heart are already gone. Just because of the way, the way America has kind of raised women different than men. On on one hand, I think it's America's conditioning where it's like women aren't taught to. Go conquer the world sexually like men are, right? And listen, some shit that's even reinforced by other women, by the way. But I think the other part of that is just that I think it's, I think it's different because we got a penis and y'all got a vagina. Women got a vagina, right? You're letting somebody into you. And yes, the whole act is spiritual. I get it, or it can be, or it is, whether you want it to be or not. But I'm saying it could be, you know, more or less spiritual depending on the two people is sharing the time, you know. Both of y'all wasted or both of y'all think about getting married or was it a beautiful moment, you know, in time that just exists. But, you know, women, they gonna, they because they to in order to let you in like that, they, they got to like you in that way a little bit, like a certain amount to even let you in, you know. Now, unless she's been sexually abused and she's got some other stuff wrong, some self-esteem issues and, you know, sexually assaulted, whatever. But, you know, normally if it's just, cause we all got problems, but if it's just that, it's very rare that I, you know, you find a woman that could just go in and, and do the thing. They are out there, don't get me wrong. But can just go in and do the thing without no feelings. But anyway, I'm getting away from my point. But I'm just like I, women. I, I don't, I don't. Would you, would you go through with the beautiful moment? I don't know, man. I'm just about beautiful moments now, you know. Because at the end of the day, man, when you re, when you think back, somebody was like, "Yo, one day I'm gonna be old, and I'm gonna have a lot of memories that I'm not gonna be able to grasp hold of." But I want to have enough in my memory bank. Do you hear me? I want to have enough in my memory bank to where if if I lost ten thousand memories, I got another five thousand that I can still kick back (laughs) in. You know. Anyway. Anyway. You know, and I ain't mad at her. I mean she she was being righteous. She's a she's a good girl. So, you know, she was being true to form. She was being on brand by wanting to make sure everything is on the up and up. But I just remember, I wonder how much you I just wonder how much you lose when you're like that. How many moments, how many people do we lose out on when we try to make sure everything's perfect? Just cause you don't want it to seem like Especially for a person that ain't ever going to find out, even if it was. Because, listen, between guys telling, hey, bae, I cheated with this girl named Marilyn, you know, more like that, and you know her. Between guys doing that like that and women doing that, nah, women do that. Women do that more. Get guilty and want to and wanna like tell exactly who it was. I'm like, oh, no. Baby, what you doing? Now this nigga looking for me. (laughs) What you doing? You know. Anyway. Uh, Anyway. Mm. Memories right here. Share my world with my favorite Mary J. Blige album. My second and third flights. Introduced to me by Leilani. Shout out to Leilani. Um... Leilani was the first phone number I ever got from a girl. Sure was. But years later, she 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 allowed me to um, she let me hear this song. And I was like, oh shit. And I was about to, my second and third flights were to and from Amsterdam. So, you know, we had had, a, it was like a basketball tournament. We had a couple practices and all that. But and we got cool to where the people standing around knew. That this was my song. They do it, and uh, so to help me calm down on this seven, eight and a half hour flight over to Amsterdam, they uh, they would pass me their Walkman, their Discman, and I had my own. But still, it's like it was just a, it was sweet because a bunch of teenagers we didn't know each other. We was from. Mississippi, Texas, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, you know, that was a, that was a, that was a, that was a great time, man. I remember it being like 10 o'clock at night and it was still light outside. I was like, or like it was just now getting dark and I was like, yo, what the F is going on? I remember, (laughs) I remember we walked up now. It wasn't just black people. It was black and white people we had uh, we had walked probably like a mile down the road to get something to eat that wasn't in the hotel. See, because they were feeding us three times a day, but sometimes we were like, nah, we want to get out, we want to eat some other food. And this is a day we weren't going, because we were staying on the outskirts of Amsterdam and Vault something, I don't know what it was called, it was years ago. So I remember we walked up on this Chinese restaurant, a bunch of black and white teenagers, From America and this lady in our face, this Asian lady at this Chinese restaurant. And what we thought it was we assumed it was a Chinese restaurant. Just because of the you know the wording, whatever. And she turned the the thing from open to close and locked the door. I'm talking about right in our face. And I was like, yo. <laughs> like all of us was like, yo, what's going on? Jim's was crazy, man. It was a great trip, man. We got caught with some girls in our room. I think I told y'all part of that story. We got caught with some girls in our room. And, uh, and the girl, like a dummy, she had gotten injured. One of the girls had gotten injured, and she was in our room. So we had the hotel room. We had a, and then we had another hotel room within our room. So I guess it was like, well, like a suite. And It was just like bunk beds everywhere else. And uh, me and my dude, uh, I called him my dude because we, we knew each other then. Oh, I, I told y'all this, man. I told y'all this. Nigga tried to put weed in my, his weed in my goddamn. Uh, Wanted me to hold his weed till we got back to America and shit. Because in Amsterdam, you know, you get that shit free. But you've been, that's been legal. But anyway, fun times, man. Fun times. Uh, end up seeing the same, the same guy that caught the, caught the girls in our room. End up seeing him a uh, month later at basketball camp in Kentucky. He was one of the chaperones, and he just saw me, he was like, oh yeah and I was like oh shit how do you I was like why are you here how do you remember me and she was great man that was really low-key a great summer my jumper was off the whole summer man like I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it oh I couldn't believe it but anyway um anyway yeah good shit Lady, stop being so uptight. You know who I'm talking to. Uh. I heard Babyface took this song to Andre Harrell uh, after he wrote it. He said he had it for Mary to do on the soundtrack. Andre Harrell was like, "I don't know. This this ain't Mary, man. This is for like that 36-year-old divorce, you know." Because this is, you know, this is, 90, this is 95. This is three years after Mary came out, 95, 96. And uh, Babyface was like, I don't know, man. I think, you know. And Babyface was right. Because this was, like, cause this is one of Mary's signature songs. And play he said he wrote it like that. Like, Love it, your secretary. He said he wrote it, secretary. He said he wrote it like that to make it rhyme. And I was just like, I'll be damned. I'm a real sucker. So check this out, man. Let me show you. Let me tell you about Young Dumb Love. It's almost 20 years old. So everybody in the clear. I ain't gonna use no names. So it is what it is. You figure it out. You figure it out. It's all awesome, good. No skin off my back. Um, I'm young, right? You know what I'm saying. I'm working at the mall and shit. I'm working at the mall. I'm working two jobs at the mall, God damn it. I'm I'm working at... Damn, I can't even say the name. I'm working at Demo and I'm working right next door and shit. And I remember seeing this girl used to walk by. I would always wave at her, whatever. I would always wave at her, whatever. And then... uh, It's crazy. One thing in L.A., man. You know, when you've been in a... When you've been in an earthquake, man, it's, it's you kind of feel like it. <laughs> like, you got boat legs sometimes. And sometimes you don't know, like, what's an earthquake versus what's, like, you know, just a weird vibration or whatever. Um, That didn't make sense, but you know what I'm saying. Sometimes you just, your body just feel like, damn, was that an earthquake? You know, I usually go to Facebook and check and see. Let me see if we, if we find earthquakes. Are you? Whoa, whoa. That 70s show actor Danny Masterston charged with three counts of rape in Los Angeles. Wow. 2020 is crazy. Never in your second turn. Um, I'm trying to find. So I, I, I guess it wasn't. I don't see no. Well, that's funny, it said uh, COVID-19 vaccine will work only if trials include black participants, experts say. <laughs> and uh, Big Fonte, I follow him on Twitter from Little Brother. Fonte said, <laughs> he put an asterisk, he said, laughs, laughs in Tuskegee experiment. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's, that was brilliant. But it was just like, yo, come on, fam. Um... Okay, so I don't think it was an uh, earthquake. Okay, back, back. So, so, years ago, I'm working in the mall. And like I said, I started seeing this young lady. And, uh, and then once I started working in the next store, she ended up, you know, started working there. Now, I mean, River Oaks was full of them. My God, River Oaks on the day before on Christmas Eve? Oh, forget about it. Forget about it. It's a HBCU. <laughs> Listen, that prepared me for HBCUs. River Oaks on the day before on Christmas Eve, man, they played. So, and young lady started working with her. You know what I'm saying? Young lady ended up being like um, she she ended up being married, you know, and uh, with a kid, and I was just like, oh no, she off, off, she off, 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 off limits, you know. So then I, you know, young dumb, I can't even call it love. I call it lust. <laughs> He's so stupid when he's young. I just, I just realized how this story's gonna make me look, but it's all good. Man, I, you know. So anyway, we develop a rapport. We joking, yeah, I got her. So then I notice this dude coming around. I'm just like, oh, that must be her husband. keep in mind, she lives with she, you know, she lives with the in-laws. You know. The husband, no, turned out her and the dude separated. So she got this other dude that she running around with, you know. And I remember asking her one day, I was like, yo, what are you, like, wait, so this is your, and she just broke it down to me, you know, but but we young, but I'm not really thinking of it. But at the same time, I'm a little self-righteous because I'm, you know, I'm still in church and this and that. And uh, next thing you know, you know, like I said, we had built a rapport. Next thing you know, little by little, you know, now she's talking to me about her problems with, you know, one of the dudes. Now, now she invites herself over to the crib. And I'm like, oh man. I'm like, oh no. Big Snoop, dog. <laughs> so she comes over to the crib. Next thing you know, it's the aqua pause. You know, we're young, horny, whatever. We lean in and kiss. It's over. So I had the nerve to call. <laughs> I had the nerve to eventually, after, you know, several weeks of her coming over. I had the nerve to start calling her my girlfriend. Like we had the nerve to be a couple. <laughs> so I had this car back there, right? And listen, we going on dates. Most of them was that she coming over to the spot. But she'd get dropped off but then she'd be like, oh, you're going to take me home? I'm like, of course. Hey, yo, check it out. Sometime I would go get her. Do you understand me? When I said she lived at the in-laws' house. Everybody in that house had, all, had, the, had the right to come out the house and unload on my car. Do you understand? Like, like what was you doing? So check it out. I had this car it's a bit clunker but it was you know that didn't have no license plates it had a license plate but it was was bad I was riding dirty I was riding dirty dirty and every once in a while it would shoot fire (laughs) every once in a while it would shoot actual fire from the bottom but after a while, you know what I'm saying, it stopped. You know what I'm saying? You Park it. Oh God, I can't. So I was going to Illinois to pick up this girl from her husband mama house. Bad tags. I was going to pick up my girlfriend from in Illinois from her husband mama house. What? How dude? How is this a thing that you're doing? So somehow, you know, I got my little fillers involved. And you know, and I'm just like, yo, you know, you gonna come to church with me and all? Like I'm I'm walking her around the hood and shit. I'm taking long walks around the hood. I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. People stopping to talk to me longer now. I'm just like, yeah, you know, oh, this is so and so. This is so and so. You know, because I got some exotic. She was black, but exotic meaning like she ain't from. She ain't from here. She ain't local. You know what I mean? <laughs> and. I just remember being like so now we you know we in it and I just never I never like I never thought of like what I was risking until until after it was over cause after a while like I remember I went to visit uh, I went to visit my cousin in in Virginia I almost went to college at uh, Old Dominion in um, in Norfolk, Virginia. Like almost, I got accepted and all of that. But but um, I don't know. I just changed my mind. But so I went for my spring break. And my 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 sister, she was saying like she was like, oh, so how how are things with you in Old Girl? I was like, everything's cool, man. You know what I'm saying? When I come to school, you know she gonna go off to school. And we are gonna make it work. She was like, "What you mean make it work?" She was like, "Make it work with somebody who's," <laughs> and it's my older sister, right? And she's—I t- mean, she's my cousin, but I call her my sister. And she's like, "Wait, she's—didn't you say she's married?" I was like, "Yeah, but she gonna work all that out. You know what I'm saying? She gonna change that. And she gonna do this. Just a dummy. Just—I'm just—I'm just a dummy." And she was like, "Look, man, don't." She was like, don't make don't decision based on that. Do what you're going to do because, you know, people come away to college. When they go away to college, relationships like that don't last. I was like, I mean, you know, that's what you say. But I've already, we already talked about that. Like, I'm good. We talked about that already, sis. She was like, okay. And every once in a while, she'll, she'll, throw, it <laughs> she'll throw it in my face now. She'll throw it in my face now. she would be like, oh, remember how open you was over old girl? I'm like, whatever happened to And sure enough, I came back, you know what I'm saying, thinking like, you know, hey, when you going, you know what I'm saying, when you going, when you going to get a divorce? Not understanding all the shit that has to go into that and the fact she has a kid and the fact she lives there. And, you know, I didn't realize that it was just like a teenage love. Only I wasn't a teenager, but it was just some young shit and I didn't realize it. And you know I fell, man. No nigga nose was open. Do you hear me? I remember when I gra- when I graduated uh, from uh, South Suburban. I mean, you know, I do have an associate's degree, whatever. <laughs> um, we went. Oh my God! So my family is in town, right? Because I didn't. First of all, I didn't want to grad. I didn't want to go to that graduation. I was like, I'm finna, gra- I'm finna go to a four year. I don't wanna like, you know, I don't wanna be the guy that graduates. And one of my homies clowned me. He was like, dawg, you know you could've waited. I was like, dawg, my mama wanted this. She was like, just in case I don't see you get to graduate no more. You know? <laughs> so I ended up going to, uh, <clears throat> going to the graduation. My family's there, my grandmother, aunts and uncles from both sides. And she's there, taking pictures. We hugged up taking pictures. Nigga, <laughs> she went to the damn, I, we went to Old Country Buffet to eat. And I left the family because she wanted to leave early. I left the family early because she wanted to leave and, uh, and pick up a dress for the date that we was going to go on afterwards. And we went like we went like downtown. Now, was it downtown Chicago? Anyway, wherever we went, we talked, we parked in the dark place, came back to the car. Trunk open, doors open. They took everything. They took a cell phone that I had. This goes to show you. Like why wouldn't I kept the cell phone on me? What <laughs> like what? So anyway, time comes, I'm pressuring her about going to church and and, uh, I'm pressuring her about going to church and getting a divorce. I'm like, I'm fucking 21. What are you doing? Next thing you know, you know, we break up, you know, a couple more, you know. I remember that summer, she like asked me for a ride, like from Chicago. I'm like, man, what what you, what I look like? I'm going to get you from Hammond and goddamn Evergreen, not Evergreen, Plaza, but wherever, Blue Island to take you back to wherever in another part of Illinois. Man, you crazy if you think. You know. So I picked her up and shit. (laughs) I'm having fun, y'all. Um, That shit was wild, man. Like, I can't even. Like, I can't believe how reckless I was, man. I'm sorry, Kimmy. This is one of these stories that just don't go nowhere. I was just reminiscing all out. I'm sure you figured that out. But it was funny, like, later on, she kept in contact with me Oh okay She kept in contact We kept in contact with each other And we would talk to each other You know every once in a while You know And she would call me And uh, we talk So then eventually Years go by And now she's with that dude Who she was with before me I mean, you know, to this day, they married and got, you know, three kids together. So, and this is reason I had to stop talking to her. She, now all these years, like, I went away to college. She'd keep in contact with me. I come back, you know what I'm saying? We had lunch and shit. But she slid. She ain't telling old boy so I see old boy at the mall one day and we knew each other we ain't really like I ain't too much care for him cause he did some he did some whole shit one day you know working at the mall some shit to let me know he was insecure and I'm, like, they're and I'm like, nigga, a couple years older than me. I'm like, really? <laughs> so I see him in the mall, and he's like, I was like, oh, how you doing, man? He's like, oh, I'm chill, man. I said, how's uh, how, how's she doing? I almost said it name. And he was like, oh, she good, man. I got, I got, you know, got a son with me now. I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's him? Oh, that's what's up. Meanwhile, I know everything, but you got to play it off, you know. Yeah. Because it wasn't like we was like still getting together like on no other shit, but it was like we would meet up. We was still cool. And then uh, so one day I'm talking years later. Dude. Now I'm in L.A. Mind you. I'm in fucking L.A. Now. On this next part. Not before, but now. I'm in L.A. And She hits me up on some, like, we used to, you know, like a little inside joke that we used to have. And I'm just like, ha you know, we talked a little bit on the phone. And then, like, the next night, I got two calls from, like, you know, Illinois. So I did some research. And I'm like, yo, this nigga called me on the phone to see who I was. Sure did. So I'm just like, yeah, I, yeah. Let me let me fall back. So, so you know, every time she would hit me up after that, I just wouldn't even respond because I'm like, I, I, you know, you don't need the problems for a nigga thinking that, you know. Because some dudes is like, they check the woman. Some dudes, they try to check the dude, and I'm, I'm not going, you know. You know what I mean? Like You don't, you don't want them kind of problems. At least I don't. Um, but you know, I say what up every once in a while still, you know, Facebook. It's a communal thing, so it's cool. But a nigga knows it's open, boy. <laughs> it was open. It was open. Damn. It sure was. Yeah, yeah. That was wild. So, anyway, that's what's up. Running. You can't want me. This Mary song was cold. I'm gone. yeah so that's it um, so you know I'm gonna be taking a, um, a little hiatus from the show from the show from social media from you know um, you know I'm uh, my goal is to really come out uh, the other side of this you know not really having a Get back into a car, you know. I'm just uh, trying to make some entrepreneurial moves, and uh, and most of all, get ready for this. Uh, you know, I got to take some more headshots. Um, you know, I'm ready to be back auditioning in front of people. Once, you know, saying once we kind of open up, Hollywood already opened up on June the 12th. I think uh, production started back. So, you know, uh, this is what I moved here for. And although I am a storyteller, um, you know, that's the other part of what I want to do. I just need to focus on uh, that. Um, I got a website that I'm going to start. Keep this in mind, y'all. Twin Road. www.twinrd.com. It's not up now. It will be up in a couple of weeks uh, where I'm just going to focus on black stories. So... I want to focus on that. Uh, I want to focus on writing. Uh, I got a bunch of pilots that I'm, uh, that, are, that are, you know, it's really going well. I got a feature. Uh, and of course, I'm not doing all these pilots at the same time, but you got to get done with one, refine it, flesh it out, write it, you know what I mean? And then do the same with your other stuff, you know? Uh, so the feature is really going well. It's better than it's ever been. And you know I'm gonna focus on that for a little bit, and then uh, when I come back to you, I'm gonna it's gonna sound better. You know the sound is gonna be better, and um, we're gonna have more guests. Um, I'm gonna do a couple different kind of uh, podcasts. So it's gonna be the David Ashley podcast. Um, uh, you know maybe with a co-host, I would love to do a co-host. Um, but but meanwhile, you know I'm gonna definitely gonna be. Uh, interviewing uh, more people I love interviewing people I feel like um, I like to get to the meat the topics and um, you know I like to fish for you know whatever is uncomfortable and then like unpack it and dissect it um, you know so you know something I could you know show different sides on you know so until then um, man it's been it's been real that um, has been real. I ain't going nowhere permanently, but it's gonna be a little hiatus, you know. Um, hopefully, I ain't taste my mouth too 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 many times a day. I gotta stop doing that shit. Like that shit, it bothers the shit out of me when I hear myself do it. So I can only imagine what y'all thinking. Uh, so thank you all for your feedback, for listening, for sharing it, you know, for some way somehow. Somebody's listening to this in Scotland and in South Africa, and I know that has to do with uh, my beautiful listeners. So, in the meantime, you know, you know, re- reminisce on some some old shows. You know, go back in this last year of shows and kind of listen to some of your favorites, and uh, and get ready. You know, because we're gonna come back bigger and better, and that way I'll be able to put the websites, I mean, the podcast on my website, on this new website where I'm using to tell black stories, and, um, excuse me, and then, uh, you know, some of you, you know, some of you, I'm going to be asking to, um, you know, tell your, your story about either the job that you have, or your feelings during this, you know, during this pandemic, or, uh, about anything, you know, I'm really interested in black stories, I, I've had the, um, I've had the the domain name for about three years. And it's like, all right, fam, it's time to do something with it. Um, So anyway, uh, man, I can't thank you all enough for listening and the feedback that you've given me. I know I keep saying that, but I appreciate support, man. I appreciate uh, genuine and sincere uh, uh, support. So, uh, you know, we're going to do it a little better, a little bigger next time. All right. So until then, and as always, each day, uh, each moment, really, you have an opportunity to uh, move forward into growth or to fall uh, backwards into um, comfort. Um, David Ashley, signing off. Uh, Mahalach. Uh. you. Twinroad.com, T W I N R D dot com. Uh. I lead a logo. I lead a logo in the uh Oh, am I about to give it to him? Check it out. Uh I be telling people to go home.